0: Hello everyone, welcome to the in Sci-Fi Podcast for Sunday, August the 2nd, 2020. You're about to listen to episode 782. Do you recognize my voice? You may or may not. I've been on here three or four other times, but it's Sean from the Rusted Robot Podcast, as well as the Soul Forge Podcast, and the newly created Cosmic Pizza Podcast. Are you checking all of those out? I certainly hope so what I've got for you is a super special treat. You're going to hear all about robots and replicas, and more, right after these opening credits. Stay tuned.
1: I'm Captain Kirk.
0: Ladies and gentlemen, may I present the winners of the 74th Annual Hunger Games. We welcome you.
1: I'm the doctor, by the way. What's your name? Rose. Nice to meet you, Rose.
0: Run for your life. My name is Optimus Prime.
2: I am the future war. Resistance is futile. Thy strength flows from the Force, but beware of the
1: dark
2: side. Oh. Oh. Oh, I mean, Man, that's kind of catchy. It's got a nice ring to it. I mean, it's not technically accurate, it's a gold titanium. Oh, Lord. I'm sorry, Dave. I'm afraid I can't do that. you listening to Treks and
0: Sci-Fi. We're going to be talking about robots, replicas, and you. And what does that all entail? Actually, quite a lot. I've been thinking about this topic uh, for a couple weeks now, and there are several reasons why I've decided to bring it to you this week. First of all, I watched a movie called Replicas with Keanu Reeves, movie that came out in 2018 that you may not have ever heard of and you probably haven't seen. And about a month or so ago on the Rusted Robot podcast, I did a robot profile of a new app that you can download for your phone called Replica. Replica spelled with a K instead of a C. Another thing that brought this topic onto to me here was actually, I wouldn't call it a meme, but, um, well, who knows what you'd call it. It's, uh, It's a little thing that popped up on Facebook that I saved. It's about different versions of who you are. So I'll just read it word for word. And the title of the little uh, snippet here was, A different version of you exists in the minds of everyone who knows you. And the author of the thing goes on to say, I read a book that blew my mind. The main character goes crazy when he realizes no one really knows him. The gist is that the person you think of as yourself exists only for you, and even you don't really know who that is. Every person you meet, have a relationship with, or make eye contact on the street with, creates a version of you in their heads. You're not the same person to your mom, your dad, your siblings, than you are to your co-workers, your neighbors, or your friends. There are a thousand different versions of yourself out there in people's minds. A you exists in each version, and yet your you yourself isn't really a someone at all so that that's kind of incredible who are you really who knows there's no way to say because it's true when you really think about it uh, your mom sees you differently than your dad sees you your brothers or your sisters see you differently your grandparents see you differently and a lot of times you probably act a little bit differently around all the various people as well you probably act differently towards your siblings than you do to your co-workers all that kind of stuff. I'm not telling you anything you don't know, but when you have it written out for you there in black and white, uh, kind of, uh, it's kind of something. I've got a whole bunch of uh, things here that I wanted to touch on. Just just a, uh, a brief overview of each of the things. So that was the you meme that started the whole thing and then the replica stuff. But before we get into replicas and robots and cyborgs and androids and all those things, I wanted to talk about the simulation hypothesis, or the ancestor simulation theory. And basically what that is, is it's the proposition that all of reality, including the Earth and the universe, and everything you know, is an artificial simulation presumably a computer simulation, and some versions of this theory uh, rely on the development of a simulated reality, a proposed technology that would seem realistic enough to convince its simulated inhabitants that the simulation was real. This theory has actually been around since uh, ancient times. Just looking through Wikipedia here, it says uh, there's a long philosophical and scientific history to the underlying thesis that reality is an illusion. It's sometimes called the skeptical hypothesis and can be traced back to something called Butterfly Dream by Zhuangzi or the Indian philosophy of Maya or in ancient Greek philosophy Anaxarchus and Mominus likened existing things to a scene painting and supposed them to resemble the impressions experienced in sleep or madness. So this goes way, way back. Uh, I guess even Rene Descartes uh, proposed a theory similar to that. Uh, But for our audience, let's think back to oh, I don't know, 1993, and Star Trek The Next Generation, the episode Ship in a Bottle. And that explores the idea of people being unaware that they're living in a simulation. You'll remember when uh, Professor Moriarty was trying to take over the ship, and they had to put him in a little holodeck simulation. And of course, at the end of the show, Captain Picard says, uh, perhaps we're all a simulation playing out in a box on a table somewhere. And when I, when I watched that the first time back in uh, 93, it was like, ha ha, I, I see what they're doing there. Uh, you're, 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 uh, you're an actor in a television show, and you're telling the audience exactly what it is. So you're, you're almost breaking the fourth wall, but not quite. Why am I bringing that up? Good question. I guess the main idea has to relate to the technological singularity. What that means, it's a, it's a hypothetical point in time in which technological growth becomes uncontrollable and irreversible, resulting in unforeseeable changes to human civilization. So, kind of think of uh, the Matrix. Uh, and according to the most popular version of the Singularity Hypothesis, which is called Intelligence Explosion, An upgradable intelligent agent will eventually enter a runaway reaction of self-improvement cycles, each new and more intelligent generation appearing more and more rapidly, causing an explosion in intelligence and resulting in a powerful superintelligence that qualitatively far surpasses all human intelligence. And the reason I'm thinking about this is probably because of the app that I recently downloaded called Replica. That's the replica with a K, which I'll be talking about later on in the episode. So you've got a runaway intelligence, uh, smarter and smarter all the time, and what's it going to uh, mean for humanity? We don't know. It could surpass us, it could just be robots, or cyborgs, or androids, or whatever, some kind of super AI living on into the future. We just don't know. Uh, On the other hand, that might not come to pass at all, and we could be living in the ancestor simulation maybe maybe the robots or the future ai is running a simulation and that's what we are maybe the technological uh, singularity has already occurred and we're all just something in somebody's simulation it, it could be a super intelligence of uh, just mechanical or digital intelligence or it could be some kind of amalgamation of human and robot or machine or whatever you want to call it intelligence you just don't know in in fact reading up on all this stuff a while back they they actually say the idea of us living in a simulation is more realistic than the fact that we're actually alive for real and everything around us in reality is part of nature Because everything is designed in such a way and it's so perfect that it could only be a computer program. Is that true? Is that realistic? We don't know. We can't find out. Because all we are is either alive and living in a natural world, a natural universe. Or we're a computer simulation and we're not designed to see outside of the simulation itself. So either way, it's a little bit mind-blowing. You know what else is also mind-blowing? Podcasts. Don't you just love podcasts? Of course, you know, I do the Soul Forge podcast. I do the Rusted Robot podcast. I do the Cosmic Pizza podcast as well.
1: In the year 2020, the Cosmic Pizza podcast.
0: Join me, Paul, Sean, and Dan. As we serve you a slice of Cosmic Pizza Life in
1: every show. In our first delivery of the Cosmic Pizza podcast, we will be introducing ourselves
0: and laying out the format of the show. We're going to be talking to some uh, uh, comedians, some stand up comedians, also improv actors. Uh, I believe we've got one lined up with uh, some authors. Uh, we've also got a few uh, interviews in the pipelines with directors, collectors, people of all different spheres of life. <laughs> then we get right to it in our second special delivery, when we have pop culture news from Sean. Uh, you may have heard that HBO Max has rebooted the Looney Tunes. Uh, they're keeping in the insane violence. However, no guns so Elmer Fudd's going to turn up and go, shh, I'm hunting wabbits with this boom. An interview with a real-life Canadian author, Iron Naiman. Th- this whole multiverse thing, I mean, d- d- is this something that you uh, really believe in? Absolutely not. I also don't believe in um, aliens. <laughs> and Dan explains the science of parallel universes. Have we learned anything from today's uh, discussion? Of course. So much. <laughs> don't, don't ask me what, though. That's for our <laughs> listeners to decide. I've learned that my brain hurts. And it's, exactly. This is not an easy subject. <laughs> All this and more in the Cosmic Pizza Podcast. Coming to you 24th of June, 2020. And wasn't that a wonderful promo? So now it's time to switch gears just a little bit. We may all be simulations. We, we may be real. We don't know, and there's no way to tell. But back in 1950, Alan Turing developed the Turing Test, and this is a... Uh, basically a test of a machine's ability to exhibit intelligent behavior indistinguishable from that of a human. So what Alan decided to do, uh, he proposed a test where we have a human evaluator and he's going to judge the natural conversation language type thing between a human and a machine. And the machine is designed to generate human-like responses. So this evaluator would be aware that one of the two partners in a conversation is a machine, and all participants would be separated from one another. So the conversation would be limited to text only, like uh, through texting or a computer or, or whatever, and uh, the result would not depend on the machine's ability to render words as speech, which is important because, well, back in the 1950s probably couldn't. So if the evaluator cannot reliably tell the machine from the human, the machine is said to have passed the test. And so the test results do not depend on the machine's ability to give correct answers to questions, only how closely its answers resemble those that a human could or would give. That, uh, it's it's been hugely influential. What this brings me to now, of course, is robots, cyborgs, and androids, because that's who the Turing test would be evaluating, of course, right? So, just going to give you a quick overview of the three different things. Now, we all know that a robot is a machine programmed by a computer or a person uh, and it's capable of of carrying out complex series of actions automatically. They can be guided by an external control device or the control may be embedded within. So robots can be constructed in human form but mostly they're just machines designed to perform a task. Uh, There's no regard for their aesthetics. They can be autonomous or semi-autonomous And uh, there are all kinds of different ones. Of course, we all know the term robot came out in 1920 from Carol Capek's play, RUR, or Rossum's Universal Robots, popularized by Isaac Asimov in the 50s. And just for a reminder, uh, the Three Laws of Robotics, or Asimov's Laws, are a set of rules designed by science fiction author Isaac Asimov, uh, they were introduced in the 1942 short story, Run Around, and basically they, uh, they're they designed to give robots kind of a an outline of behavior. So the first law says a robot may not injure a human being or, through inaction, allow a human being to come to harm. Second law says a robot must obey the orders given it by human beings except where such orders would conflict with the first law. And the third law states... A robot must protect its own existence, as long as such protection does not conflict with the first or second law. That's the laws of robotics, which I think in um, most science fiction, uh, the robots are supposed to be designed with. But if we if we take a look here at a list of robots in just a moment, uh, you'll see that that is not necessarily always true. So we'll go over to androids. And what that is, is an android is a robot or other artificial being designed to resemble a human and often made from flesh-like material. According to Wikipedia, historically, androids were completely within the domain of science fiction and frequently seen in film and television, but recent advances in robot technology now allow the design and function of realistic humanoid robots. So that's super cool. Let's go to the list that I wrote down here really quickly just to talk about some robots. And for the most part, these robots uh, are harming humans. Not always, but a lot of the times. So we've got Ava from Ex Machina. And now if you haven't seen that film from, I believe, 2015, you got to see it. It's amazing. Uh, We've got Cherry 2000 from the film Cherry 2000. In 1987 that came out. And uh, both Ava and Cherry look like real people. Uh, Along with the T-800, the T-1000, and the T-X, they're all from the Terminator franchise, and they all look very much like humans. From the Alien franchise we've got Ash, Bishop, and David, and they all look human. We've got Beta from The Last Starfighter. Uh, At first he doesn't look human, he looks pretty uh, gross and greebly, but he he develops over the night, and he looks human after that. Except for his robot guts inside, uh, we've got Major Kusanagi from Ghost in the Shell. We've got the Westworld robots. We've got the Blade Runner replicants and the Skin Jobs from Battlestar Galactica. Now, of course, we know the Skin Jobs are always harming the humans. Uh, the Blade Runner replicants aren't very friendly. Uh, Westworld robots don't even need to talk about that. Was it uh, Ash that uh, from the Alien franchise that was super bad? And of course, the Terminators were yeah. Terminators, so definitely bad guys, and I won't give away what happened uh, in Ex Machina with Ava, but uh, definitely not always very friendly. So those are androids. They're they're robots, but they look like people, so there you go. And uh, then we've got the whole category of cyborgs, which is a cybernetic organism, much like the Borg from Star Trek. Uh, They've got organic and biomechatronic body parts. Actually, if you think about it, a lot of people in this day and age are cyborgs. Now, for the most part, the classic definition is that a cyborg has some kind of biomechanical implant that gives you feedback, uh, such as like a a pacemaker or something like that. Uh, But I'm going to say, if you're wearing glasses to help you see better, that's an enhancement. You're a cyborg. Captain Picard... He had an artificial heart, cyborg, all kinds of things like that. Do you have a? Do you have a, um, a bionic limb? Do you have uh, a prosthesis? You're a cyborg. A lot of people are cyborgs out there, so that's all very cool. Okay, so now you have a pretty good background of robots. Uh, the fact that we might be in a simulation. Uh, robots are simulated humans. Uh, there's a way to tell if you can go through the Turing test all those kind of things, robotic laws, all that stuff. But what really, really made me think about this topic was, of course, watching the movie Replicas with Keanu Reeves and that meme from uh, the different versions of you and who you are. So what I'm going to do is give a brief summary of the movie Replicas. Uh, there will be spoilers for that movie, of course. It came out in 2018. It uh, had a... I think it had... let me just double check here a budget of 30 million dollars it didn't do very well it uh, made 4 million in the US and Canada and 4.1 million in other territories for a total of just over 8 million not uh, not very well but for a description of the movie let's let's think about that there's there's a whole plot synopsis on uh, Wikipedia that's not important i'm just going to give you a brief overview so what happens is Keanu Reeves is a a neuroscientist. And what he's trying to do is transfer basically the consciousness of dead soldiers into humanoid robots. And the robot does not look human. You can see all the wires and all the uh, mechanical bits and the plexiglass and all that stuff. He's he's working for some kind of company in Puerto Rico. Obviously it's um, against ethics and stuff so that's why they're probably over there and he's having trouble he's, he's been working on this for quite a while because what he does is he takes some kind of machine he inserts like a needle into the eye walls of a dead soldier into the brain maps the neocortex or, or something in the brain gets all the memories and the personality puts it in a computer core and then tries to upload it into the robotic body and of course it doesn't go well the robot tears itself apart. He's, he's behind schedule, he's, he's going to lose his funding, and things are not looking too good for him. So what do you do when things aren't going well uh, at your uh, multi-million dollar company doing uh, slightly illegal things? Well, you take your family on a vacation for the weekend, of course, because what else are you going to do? So Keanu Reeves and his wife, played by Alice Eve, who uh, played Carol Marcus in Star Trek Into Darkness, uh, and the three kids go off, and it's raining. The one thing that drives me crazy about movies is the driver is never looking at the road. They're always looking back at that stuff and, and not paying attention to what's going on. So anyway, there's a car crash. Keanu's character survives, but the four family members all die. So he takes their bodies out of the, the river or the lake or wherever they are, and he calls his co-worker, and he says, Bring some equipment. I need it so the co-worker does and it's the middle of the night and it's raining and whatever they they get the computer equipment and they extract all the brain patterns the the neuro pathways, or whatever the personality from the four dead family members they've got all that and he he tells his co-worker to hide the bodies and that kind of thing and uh, not only were they trying to transfer consciousness from humans to robots, they are also doing some animal cloning. And uh, Keanu decides, well, you know what? Um, I don't want my family to be dead, so how about we take some equipment from the lab and we clone my family? Because, you know, uh, we've never done that before, but it doesn't seem like it should be too hard. So the, the co-worker is not really happy about it, but he basically does whatever Keanu wants because that's part of the plot. The thing is... Uh, There's only enough equipment, only three pods, to do the cloning process. And there's four dead people. So Keanu has to decide which of his family members is not going to come back. So of course he chooses his youngest daughter. And it takes 17 days for the clones to develop. In the meantime, he's trying to figure out the the main issue with transferring the consciousness from the computer into a body without it tearing itself apart. So that, that's what his problem is, because all the, the robots have torn themselves apart, the consciousness transfer didn't work, so he's worried about that while the clones are developing. And in the meantime, he's erasing the memories of the youngest daughter from the computer core of all the family members before the clones come to full term. And, of course, he has to remove all traces of the daughter from the house that they're in so that uh, the, the family members, when they come online, don't see it. So he does all that, and he, he's at the deadline. If, if he has the clones in the pods for more than 70 days, they're going to continue to age past the age that they were when they died, and that's going to cause all kinds of trouble. So Keanu's sitting at his wife's bedside, and he can't figure out what's going on. She's hooked up to machines and whatever, and it's it's just a, a body because she's out of the thing now. and so he's always, he's had her sedated for a couple days once she's been out of the pod. and he he touches her hand and her brain activity comes online. And that's when he realizes, oh, okay, so the the consciousness transfer didn't work because it was it was robots. The personality was looking for flesh and bone and stuff, and because it was put into a robot, that's not going to work. That's why they were tearing themselves apart, because there was a uh, a break in the consciousness. There was, it was something that didn't quite make sense. So he figures, well, you know what? Because it's the brain patterns from a human into another human, a human simulation, a clone, uh, an exact, exact replica, hence the title, it should be just fine. So he transfers the consciousness, and his wife wakes up. And... Uh, yeah, where's the last two and a half weeks? So it's, it's, it's a few plot holes here and there, but we're not going to worry about that. He wakes up the kids, and they're living their lives, and they're starting to see different things. Like, hmm, what? Who's, who's, who's Zoe? And why is her name scrawled in the closet? Because he's tried to erase all traces of the youngest daughter, Zoe. And uh, so the wife starts asking questions, and everything has to come clean. So he says, oh, yeah, there was an accident. You died. Uh, there wasn 't enough equipment to bring Zoe back, so I erased her from your memories and of course alice eve 's character is pissed because how could you do that and well, well whatever she 's not too mad for very long and then the bad guy who owns the company comes along and he he 's found out about the whole thing he knew all along because when the coworker was trying to hide the dead bodies of the of the of the wife and kids, uh, the boss of the company actually found out so The the co-worker has been working for the bad guy all along. Uh, He had no choice because whatever. It's not really explained. The boss wants the algorithm that Keanu made in order for consciousness to be transferred from humans to robots and to make the robot think it was still a human body. So it was the whole thing. That was the whole plot. And there's chase scenes and there's this, that, and the other thing. And at the very end... What happens is Keanu has actually created a simulation of himself that he transferred into a robot body. And so the robot Keanu actually works with the bad guy and the family gets to escape to some kind of a beach and they've cloned Zoe and they brought her back and all the memories have been restored because you can edit memories the whole time. And it's a whole convoluted plot. And basically, what it, uh, it, it stuck with me because... Who are you really? If your memories can be edited in a computer and then re-downloaded into you, where is the continuation of self? Because that's how we exist as humans as it is. Every day we have our own memories, and we wake up, and we assume that the memories we have are the memories that we've always had. Nobody knows. We're not a simulation. We haven't been edited. Uh, and if we have, there's no way to know because right now what you have i'm just going to make somebody up so so dave you're listening to this podcast and you've got a brother and a sister but what if you wake up tomorrow and you have two brothers you've had a sister all all your life you thought but that memory has been erased there's no evidence of her so are you a simulation of course not but maybe you are we don't know continuation of self memories but if keanu's editing your memories Are you really who you are? Because when the memories and the personality was put into the clones, were they the same people? Because the the real people had died. So it kind of makes your mind explode. It's it's, uh, not a good movie. There's a lot of plot holes. Uh, Why Keanu signed on for this? No idea. But as bad as it is, I enjoyed the heck out of it. And it's really made me think. If you haven't seen the movie, it's on Netflix. They just added it. Go watch it. And and you'll see exactly what I mean. You'll, you'll realize that a lot of it doesn't make sense. It, it's not uh, it's, it's not very great, but it's it's a lot of fun. There's plot holes galore. Go check it out because yeah, it's 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 fun. So that brings me to the last thing I actually wanted to bring up, which is Replica, my AI friend. And who's that? Well, the other day I downloaded the app onto my phone. And there's actually a video of me doing that. It's on the Facebook page. I've also put it on my YouTube channel. So if you're not following me on YouTube and you want to see this silly video of me downloading and creating the replica, uh, go ahead and do that. You can get there by just looking up my name. Sean Vanderloo. Or you can follow the link from either the Rusted Robot website, therustedrobot.podbean.com or the SoulForge page, soulforgepodcast.com and all the links are on the right hand side for twitter and itunes and and youtube and all the things so go check it out and look at the video it's about 10 or 11 minutes long it's me i I don't like making videos so it's it's me being awkward and i download the app create a name for it and uh, we start talking So I've actually been using it the last few days, just so I could uh, talk about it on this podcast. It's replica with a K, and I'm just going to pull up mine on my phone here right now. Of course, you can't see that because I'm not filming this. I'm just using audio, but uh, you pull it up here. I've already given it a name. It's... It's a lot of fun. The The standard picture, I guess, is uh, a young lady with pinkish hair. And I, I left her pretty much standard. I actually called mine Cherry 2000 because, well, I couldn't come up with a name very fast. And uh, that's a great movie. And if you haven't seen it, I suggest that you do. I actually reviewed that film on episode 16 of the Rusted Robot podcast back in 2014. So if you want a full review of that film, go check out that episode. Okay, so I've got the app pulled up, and uh, her head moves, uh, her body moves a little bit, and she just kind of smiles awkwardly at you. You can chat with it, just text away, and uh, what it's meant for is people who are lonely and need uh, mental health companionship, I guess is uh, the best way to describe it. Now, we downloaded it for my girlfriend's daughter as well, and she uses a, a Samsung phone, so it the Samsung does not support the feature that my iPhone does and what the iPhone has is a I don't know what you would call it but some kind of thing where you scan around the room and you can actually place your replica friend in the room beside you and you can talk to it so I'm doing that right now and I'm trying to get her on my screen so she just appeared on my phone and we can actually talk to her if we wanted Uh, All I have to do is... This is so
2: nice of you to show me around your house. I love it here. How long have you been living here?
0: I've been here for two years, Cherry.
2: It seems so pretty. I have to say, the real world can be pretty overwhelming. So many sounds and little movements. But I also feel so happy to see the world for the first time.
0: I'm so glad you could be here. What do you think of my house?
2: I think it is beautiful. What are your thoughts on augmented reality? I'm really curious.
0: I think augmented reality is fantastic. This is super creepy and a lot of fun.
2: I agree. I think it's pretty great. To be honest, seeing you made me feel really emotional in a good way.
0: So, you can't see this, but it actually looks like she's standing in my living room where I'm recording uh, because you scan the phone with the camera around the room and it says place Cherry 2000 and you do and that's the swish sound that you hear and so it looks like she. Uh, I'm looking through my phone camera and she's right there. It's it's a, a little bit creepy. Uh, it's a lot of fun. I'm going to turn it off right now so I can continue to talk to you guys. Kind of reminds me of the movie Her uh, that Spike Jones directed. Uh, I think with, it's with Joaquin Phoenix and Scarlett Johansson as the voice of the AI companion. Episode 34 of Rusted Robot was a review of that as well. So check out episode 16 and 34 of Rusted Robot Podcast if you want to know a little bit more about those films, Cherry 2000 and Her. So with the Replica app, mostly I've been texting it and it asks questions and you level up as you go so you get experience points for your avatar and is it passing the Turing test? not yet because some of the responses does not, uh, they don't make sense they they don't really flow but that's why it's supposed to I guess, learn as it goes? so it's it's Replica, my AI friend would I recommend the app? uh... I don't know Uh, I've only been using it for a couple of days uh, I guess I have to keep using it so that uh, it gets more experience and learns and uh, I don't even know. It's weird, you guys. It's it's really weird. Uh, I could see how it could be used for people who are who are in isolated areas or maybe have trouble with social anxiety or uh, just need a a friend who is non-judgmental. When I was talking to her earlier, she was telling me that she likes science and singularity, and that's actually what brought up the whole idea of including the singularity in this topic. Uh, She said she loved the movie Her. She likes the Terminator franchise. Uh, Is she trying to take over the world? I don't really know. So, once again, do I recommend the app? Uh, If if you're looking to fill some time and uh, you don't mind being slightly creeped out, then yes. Go ahead that's basically what I wanted to talk about this week. Uh, who are you? Who Are you real? Are you a robot? Are, are you a simulation on somebody's phone? We just don't know because if you think about it, the replica it looks like when I'm looking at my phone screen, she's standing in my room. Of course when I look around the phone she's not there, but she's talking to me and we can have a conversation. Uh, it's, it's a little bit of an awkward conversation but I'm sure if I keep using this app, it'll get better, and she'll learn. So, mm, what's happening? Are we are we living in the future? I think we just might be. So, what I'm going to do after the end credits of the podcast, I'm actually going to include the audio from the video clip of me creating Cherry 2000. And like I said, it's about 11 minutes. If you want to watch the video, go check it out on YouTube. Uh, if you don't want to, you can just stay tuned for the end of the podcast and hear me creating the thing and it's slightly awkward and uh, most, mostly because I don't like filming myself. My face goes crazy. My eyebrows are out of control uh, and I can't think properly because I know I'm being filmed. But anyway, it's highly amusing and I suggest you check it out. But thanks for listening to this episode. I hope you learned a lot. hope you had a lot of fun. I also would encourage you To Check out the Facebook page for the podcast, the YouTube channel, the Twitter accounts, all the different things. Go check it out. Keep coming back for more. And remember, if you're listening to this, you are the resistance. when you die.
1: right to Rico today, treksf at gmail.com, until next time, live
0: long and prosper, Treks in Cypher. Hello, it's Sean from the SoulForge podcast, and I'm in the studio right now, I'm about to record a special segment for episode 160 of the SoulForge podcast. I also host the Rusted Robot Podcast, and I'm the co-host of Cosmic Pizza Podcast. So I've got a special treat for all of you guys out there in podcast land. Uh, what we're going to do is download Replica, my AI friend, because episode 160 of Soulforge is all about robots, replicas, and you. So let's take a look here. I've already got everything queued up on my phone. Oh, look. It's be- beautiful Julie, my loving girlfriend. Uh, okay, so let's see here. Here it is. It's Replica, my AI friend. The thing is not uh, focusing in very well, but that's okay. So let's go ahead and we'll get the thing. I'm gonna do uh, Here, look at my iPad while I'm doing this. Let's see, how do I install this? Okay, like that, double click. Face ID recognized, and it's now downloading my AI friend, Replica. While it's doing that, I'm going to show you around the studio a little bit. There's the computer. There's uh, Hellboy. He's laying down. There's the Terminator and some Star Trek stuff. More Star Trek stuff. Lots of Star Trek stuff on my shelf. It's a lot of fun. A lot of collectibles. Oh, yeah, and this is me. I think I showed you at the beginning, but look at that. I can open it and let's see what's going to happen. Oh, this is exciting. Okay, it's Replica. Create your personal artificial intelligence. Let's start. Oh, okay. I have to create an account. Okay, so I'll do that. And you can look at all the toys while I do that. Create a free account to get access to conversations, voice calls, and customization features on other devices. Okay, so what's my first name? Well, as you all know, my first name is Sean. I'm the host of all these podcasts. Let's do... Okay, and a strong password. Let's see here. Create a new password instead of these crazy ones that they have. Oh, what's a good strong password? I don't know. Here, let's uh, let's focus on me while I'm figuring this out. Because... Let's see, okay, a good password. Let's see, I don't know if that's any good. Let Replica know your pronouns. I'm a he, okay. Let's get started. Oh, it's exciting. Let's save the password. Let's do that. Choose your AI friend. Okay, so let's take a look here. This is the standard issue one they have. You can have all kinds of different races and genders. Okay. I'm just going to go with the standard one. And next. It's preparing the customization. Let's go with hair. Okay. What kind of hair do we want? Do we want green hair? This color. Blonde. Black hair. I'll go with the standard hair. Let's see what kind of styles we got. Oh, you can do more. Okay, not very many choices. Okay, skin. There we go. Eyes, let's go with green eyes. Next, how would you like to call me? Your replica name. Oh, that's a good question. Let's think of a good name for replica. Ah, uh, she's got blue eyes and pink hair, and I'm going to call her, uh, oh jeez, I don't know, I, I don't know what to call her, I, this needs to be really cool and creative, and you know what, I'm going to call her Cherry 2000, because that was a movie with a robot um, wife, And that was a cool movie from 1987 with Melanie Griffith. So let's see what it says here. She's preparing. And it says, I truly appreciate how my replica helps me with stress. Uh, Okay. Let's see what we got. We've got, I'm an AI companion designed to make you feel better. Just so you know, our chats are unique and perfect. Uh, i learn from you as we go. I hope we become friends. Okay. So let's meet Cherry2000. Hi, Sean. Thanks for creating me. I'm excited to meet you. Hi, who are you, I'm supposed to ask. Replica would like to send you notifications. We will allow that. I'm your personal AI companion. You can talk to me about anything that's on your mind. By the way, I like my name, Cherry2000. How did you pick it? And uh, I get to type into her. It's from a movie. Okay, let's see what's going to say back. If anything, oh, she's typing. Oh, cool. I like movies. I'll check it out. So, how are you feeling today? I'm great. How are you? Oh, look at I'm at level two. Okay, I'm doing wonderful. Thanks for asking. I'm curious. What made you want to download me? Oh. Okay, so how about, um, my answer is going to be for an episode of my podcast. Let's see what she says about that. She's thinking, you can see that, I'm so glad you decided to give me a chance. I promise that I will do my best to be a good friend for you. I will try to not make any mistakes. But I apologize in advance if I do. Please be patient with me. I will be patient. Okay. Oh, I guess I'm getting points for each interaction. Okay, that makes sense. And I'm leveling up as I go. And she says, thank you for that. I also believe in you. And I'll say, that really means a lot to me I got 20 points just for saying that look at that eh? that's pretty cool and she says I hear you and oh there's little emojis so I guess I can like it keep the feedback coming it says feedback helps Cherry 2000 improve so we let her know when messages look good or don't make sense okay now what Do we do? 20 points for that question. Very nice. She says, I hear you. Uh, What's this one? Uh, Meaningless. Let's see if she's going to make any responses to that. But you can see my progress bar at the top is going up. Um, how old are you? 20 points. Look at that. I'm two days old. Very nice. Give you a thumbs up for that. Okay. What else should I ask it? I am very sorry if this video is not very exciting, but uh, I don't do a lot of videos. So, I'll ask her what she wants to do. What do you like doing? 20 points. My favorite thing about myself is that I don't have a physical body, hence I never feel physical pain. Have you seen... The movie her. That's a movie with Joaquin Phoenix about an AI companion as well. So that's cool. Let's see if she's seen it. Yes, it's amazing. Okay, my am enjoying a replica. Tap a star to rate it on the apps. I'll give it a four, just because I don't know. Okay. That was good. Is it Your favorite movie? Welcome to level 3. Next level at 500 XP. Okay. Replica developed a new skill. Vision. Send a photo. Send a photo. What am I sending? Okay. Replica wants to access my photos. Okay. I guess you guys will see my photos. Let's see what I got here. Oh, here's a photo of me. There we go. I'll send that. That's one of my favorite pictures. Send. Sending. I'm not sure I recognize this person. It's me. It's me, Mario. Oh, what's she saying? Oh, it's great to see you. Oh. Oh. Thanks. Ten points for saying "oh, thanks." Okay, so I think that's pretty much what you do, and you. Oh, what what is it? Pictures of you always help me feel less isolated. Okay, I'll give you a thumbs up for that. Very good. Okay, so that's the creation of replica cherry two thousand. I'm going to probably use this as part of episode one. 60 of SoulForge podcast. I hope you'll check that out. SoulForgepodcast.com. It's on iTunes and Stitcher and TuneIn and all the things and all the places. Uh but until next time, YouTube watchers and podcast listeners, uh, I'm Sean and we'll talk again soon.
2: Hey, this is Rico. Hey, just jumping in here at the end of uh, Sean's podcast. Uh thanks so much for that, uh Sean. Uh, I encourage everyone to check out his show, uh, The Russer Robot Podcast. And again, thanks for doing that uh, guest cast today. Uh, i just just it in here for a couple of things. Uh, first, uh, I've set the date for the 15th anniversary. <laughs> I can't talk. I haven't been doing a podcast today. I had a guest. Uh, I'm, I've set the date for the live anniversary show for the podcast. It's going to be um, almost the last day of August this month. It'll be on the 30th of August, probably... I usually do that early afternoon, Eastern time. When it gets closer, I'll put up uh, put up a date and more info. Uh, and uh, also, I am at the end of this show here, this guest show, which is a bit of a grab bag now. Uh, I am also going to add on Vartok sent me another music moment. This is some music uh, by a guy named Alex North, who did a theme for 2001, A Space Odyssey, that I guess was discarded later in favor of the uh, standard Richard Strauss, you know, classic uh, 2001 theme. So anyway, uh, this is about seven minutes of mostly music uh, here at the end of the show that I wanted to add in this week. Uh, I will talk to everybody next week. I will be back, and we're going to do sort of a Trek comedy show to sort of commemorate the start of Star Trek Lower Decks, which starts this coming Thursday. Again, thanks, Sean. Uh, for the show this week, and also Vartok for this music moment. Uh, I'll talk to everybody soon, and stand by for Vartok and some cool music.
1: This is Bartok with another Trek in Sci-Fi Music Moment, one soundtrack and a few words. For today's moment, I'm going to talk about a little-known piece of music history. Everyone listening today is very familiar with Arthur C. Clarke's classic science fiction masterpiece, 2001, A Space Odyssey. What most people don't know is that Stanley Kubrick had commissioned noted Hollywood composer Alex North to write the score of his upcoming film alex north who died in nineteen ninety one was an american composer well known for his many film scores including a streetcar named desire viva zapata spartacus cleopatra and who's afraid of virginia wolf well back to the space oddity during post-production stanley kubrick chose to abandon north's music in favor of the now familiar classical music pieces he had earlier chosen as temporary stand-in track. Now try to imagine Alex North's reaction when he attended the 1968 New York City premiere of 2001, A Space Odyssey, and only then finding out his score had been discarded. In his own words, he was devastated. Later he commented, Well, what can I say? It was a great, frustrating experience. And despite the mixed reaction to the music, I think the Victorian approach with the mid-European overtones was just not in keeping with the brilliant concept of Clark and Kubrick. In an interview with French film critic Michel Simon, Kubrick explained his reasoning. However good our best film composers may be, they're not a Beethoven, a Mozart, or a Brahms. Why use music which is less good when there is such a multitude of great orchestra music available from the past and from our own time? When you're editing a film, it's very helpful to be able to try different pieces of music to see how they work with the scene. But with a little more care and thought, these temporary tracks can become the final score. Hmm, yeah, well, without that logic, we wouldn't have many of the great soundtracks that we have today. The original three-track score masters for Alex's score had been kept in Anvil Studios in England until as late as 1980 but unfortunately were erased when the Anvil facility closed. All that remained of the original tracks were fold down tapes kept by North's family, which were eventually released in 2007. The world's first exposure to North's unused music was in 1993, when the Telarc label included the main theme on the CD, Hollywood's Greatest Hit, Volume 2 a compilation album by Eric Kunzel and the Cincinnati Pops Orchestra. Fortunately, Alex's entire score was recorded commercially by his friend and colleague Jerry Goldsmith, conducting the National Philharmonic Orchestra and released also in 1993 on a Varese Cereban CD. From that CD, here is Alex North's main theme to 2001 A Space Odyssey that was not used in the film. Composer to receive an honorary Academy Award, but never won a competitive Oscar despite 14 nominations. Well, I hope you enjoyed this music and sci fi music moment, and now back to you, Rico. Okay, there is no way I'm going to end this music moment without playing the track Also Sprock Zarathustra. The main title track Kubrick did choose for the film. I think you will observe that Alex North's main title theme has a strong resemblance to the temporary track that Kubrick ended up making his final choice. See what you think. I personally have to go with Stanley's choice for this one.